Welcome to the Yeshiva Shalmaila. This is David Lechtenstein. This year, seemingly, most of the people who go to Uman will not be able to go. I spoke to uh, uh, Laser Shaina, and he said, no, I, there's nothing going on in Uman this year. At least he's not involved, and he's, he's the Sari Shaluman. And uh, so the question is, why not bring Rab Nachman to Eretz Yisrael? So we'll be speaking about a few things. Why not bring Rab Nachman to Eretz Yisrael? Is it even mutter to go to Uman? Could you be? Are you being machnis yourself by Sakana? And uh, some of the other shilas about pinuyat zombies in general. Why don't they bring the shach, the taz, Rabbi Kivega, the gra, the chavetz chaim? Why don't they bring them all up to Eretz Yisrael? The Shulchan Aruch and Shin Samar Gimel says pinuyat zombies. We're not allowed to open up a grave to move somebody. So achloikis between the achreinim is it a, a daraisa or a drabanan? Moshe says it's a daraisa. The achreinim say it's a drabanan. But the Shulchan Aruch says to bring them to Eretz Yisrael the chip. You're allowed to, which is why people struggle to bring themselves, relations, etc., to be buried in Eretz Yisrael. So we'll talk about Pinei Thomas of Gedolim in general. We will have Rabbi Ari Enkin, a Rav in Beit Shemesh, Talmud Chacham Gadol, who's written about this, about Pinei Thomas. And here's an interesting thing about, he said about, Breslov Hasidim going to Uman from Eretz Yisrael. That uh, from Rabbi Nassim and the great Hasidim after him, that the Uman pilgrimage was only meant for those in Chutzaret who couldn't enjoy the spark of the Tzaddik in Eretz Yisrael. Because in Eretz Yisrael, the spark of the Tzaddik is stronger than even at his kever. From the Ukraine, we will have Rabbi Moshe Azman, the chief rabbi in the Ukraine. He is on the ground in Kiev, middle of all the bombing. Nobody knows what's going on in Ukraine better than him. He's uh, born in Russia. He was one of the refuseniks. He was called an enemy of the Russian people, right, because of being a refusenik. He's been there for decades and decades. Here's what he says about what's going on in Ukraine and whether you should be going to Uman. This year, uh, it's uh, very, very dangerous to come. It's real war in Ukraine, real war. And, uh, you know, the Russian uh, send the rockets all over Ukraine. We, did, we don't know every day where the, a new rocket will, will, uh, will come. Uh, only two weeks, ago, two weeks ago, I think, uh, uh, one or two rockets was, uh, was come to Uman and killed a, a few people. Second of all, the Russian um, uh, made provo- provocations. Uh, we know that they do it. They 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 do provocation and they say that Ukrainian uh, Ukrainian do, uh, did it. All rockets can come. You know the Russians know that uh, women is uh, big. Then the Russians want to come uh, ten of tens of thousands uh, Jewish people. That's why it's, it's for them. Uh, you know they they just uh, wanted to 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 make the provocation. And here's Rabbi Nassim Maimon, he's a Breslova Mashpia. He's going to be speaking about why you should be going to Uman and his opinion about the safety there. So he's going from Eretz Yisrael to Uman. And uh, here's what he said about whether it's safe and why we don't bring Rabbi Nachman up. The facts are that over the past six months, people are going and coming there every day. And there are videos of people there and coming back. Baruch Hashem, no one yet has been harmed in any way. Not traveling there, not in Oman, and not on the way back. Ha- have, there been bombs? have there been bombs in Oman? Is it, is it dangerous? No, not that I know of. And here is a historian, Rabbi Achiel Goldhaber, very well-known historian. We've had him on a number of times. And uh, here's a clip where he talks about something fascinating. Before the war, how, 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 do you know of any G'daylam who are brought to Eretz Yisrael? I really don't know. I really don't know. And I found that Rabbi Goldhaber said particularly interesting because if you look about bringing somebody from Chutzlar to Eretz Yisrael, there's practically no tshuvas. 
There's a Meral Bach, a famous Meral Bach, and nothing else until Ramesha writes about it at length. And why is that? Because like Rabbi Goldhub has said, they didn't have 747s for the first 2,000 years after the Chorban. And it was really hard to get anything to Uman. Forget about bringing a mace to uh, Eretz Yisrael. So these are really sort of like the new Shilas that are happening, you know, in our generation, which is why Ramesha is the first to write about it. And the Meral Bach wrote about it for, you know, 400 years earlier, one particular case. So it should make for a really fascinating program, current, and for many people who do go to Uman, or for those who are interested in Pinayat Samis of Gedailim. Before we go to our uh, guests, I want to say a vart. We're in Elul. Uru We're preparing for Rosh Hashanah and ultimately Yom Kippur. And what does it say in the Paiskim? On Yom Kippur, we wear Tachrichim, Big Day Mesim, shrouds. Let me share with you a thought. There was a Rabbi Berger, Kenneth Berger. He said a speech once, and he was fascinating. It was after the Challenger. Does anybody remember when the Challenger spaceship exploded after takeoff? It killed all seven passengers. The whole America was tumbling, including the school teacher, Krista McAuliffe. It was captured on TV. The horror of children across America who were in school, in classroom, watching it take off. And then, boom, like 30 seconds later, it exploded. So Rabbi Berger noted something interesting. He said scientists who investigated the crash realized that they didn't die at the time of the explosion, but they died much later, five minutes later, because the capsule separated and it plunged to some place in, you know, some ocean, the Pacific Ocean. Obviously, it's impossible to catch it. And they knew they were going to die the entire five-minute period, watching with horror out the window. So he said, could you imagine knowing in a few moments death was imminent? What would somebody do if, God forbid, they were in such a circumstances? What would go through their mind? What is Yom Kippur? So they had those five minutes. I'm sure they did tshuva. They regretted the people who they loved, who they didn't say that they loved. They regretted not apologizing, not doing right things. They had five minutes to make a cheshben on Efesh. So here's what's interesting. In time... In the infinity of time, is there a difference between five minutes and 50 years? It's like if you're the Pacific Ocean, if somebody takes a dropper, a dropout and a dropper, or he takes a 50-gallon barrel, does it make a difference to the ocean? It's, it's, it's meaningless, right? 50 years, five minutes. We have 50 years, whatever the number is. Every year, what does Yom Kippur tell us? The whole mahalach of tshuva. What happens on Tishabav? The walls come tumbling down. Everything that we could regret, that we did wrong, comes back to bite us. And then we rebuild. And then we go into Yom Kippur, wearing shrouds. And what's the message? You could have those five minutes. Everybody will one day pass in a hospice, thinking, what should have I said? What could have I done? Or you could have 50 years. And what does Yom Kippur say? Wake up now. Live fiercely. Do what you're supposed to do. Live like there wouldn't be anything more than five minutes. The Gemara says, the Gemara in Baba Basra, the fabulous, amazing stories of Rabbi Babarachana. So here's a story. The Gemara says like this, Babarachana, I was traveling on a boat with others. The Chazina Nahu Kavra, we saw, it was like a giant fish, a whale. The Yosfale Sagabe. And what happened? It was so big, it was floating on the water, it's back, that it got covered with earth. And things started growing. Plants, grass, baby trees. The Savrina and the Abeshti, we all thought. That it was dry land. Visalkina, and we went out on it, on this island. Viafina, and we cooked. Bashilna, we, we, I'm sorry, we baked. Bashilna, we cooked. Agabe. And what happened? Suddenly, the fish got its back, I guess, got a little singed. It got hot. 
So it flipped over and it swam away. And what does he say? If we wouldn't be close to the boat, we would have drowned. What's the story? Fabulous story. Looks like an island that's really a fish and the fish just swam away. Isn't that all of our lives? People come to this world. They build big buildings and big trees and monuments and big businesses like it's an island, like we're going to be here forever, like it's solid rock all the way down. But you know what? In one second, it could flip. And what's the message? It's not a sad message, El. It's a message for life. Do you want to be there in the hospice having these thoughts? Or do you want to have 50 years of having these thoughts? In Ramey Simcha's yard site was a few days ago. And he ate Keston Bialystok for two decades. And the rov of Bialystok was Ayin Yamtif. So somebody asked to he said, tell me, what is the godless of this young man, Ramey Simcha, that the whole litat, Kachachkivit with them? He was like, so the Einigamtiv thought for a minute. He said, did you ever see by a fire when there's an emergency? People do, like somebody could jump across a building 15 feet away. He could never have done it, like an Olympic thing, right? People do think there was a lady in Florida. It was in the news a few years ago. Her grandson got stuck under a car that was backing up. A 65-year-old grandmother ran down the steps and picked up the car. Said her, they pulled her granddaughter. It was an impossible thing. A few ton car. She said, you know how when a fire or an emergency, people do insanely, you couldn't believe they would do it? And for those moments, he said, Reb Simcha, he does that every day. That's how he lives all his days. So we're all here on a lease. We're like on the fish. I remember when my father, Zechariah Lavracha, was his last few weeks. I was in the hospital with him. So one day I came in and I looked very distressed. He said, what's the matter? I said, we're having a problem with a lease. You know, it was a big lease. I don't remember what it was even. So I said to my father, I said, Abba, you know what a lease is? He said, he looked at me, he says, of course I know what a lease is. We're all here on a lease. Like the story with the fish. So what is the story of El? Tyra's giving us such a gift. Instead of waking up someday and saying, oh, I wish I could have, I should have, I should have apologized, I should have loved, I should have hugged, I should have done more mitzvahs in my time, I should have helped. Instead, this year, you're dressing up, you have 30 days to Uru Yushenim, and you kept being going to dress up in shrouds. What are you going to be thinking those last minutes? Seize the moment. Live fiercely. Live as if, like Ramei Simcha, that every day were those last five minutes. Open your eyes. To me, that's the, a message of El. Let's go to our riddle of the week. So here are our two riddles of the week. One is, Rak The Melech was not allowed to have Marbasusim or Nashim. Or be the Halacha, if he had a lot of Susim or Nashim. And then he became Melech. His brother died, his father died in Afghamina, and he became Melech. So what's the Isser of Layar Sosim? Not to go ahead and to do the act once you're king? Or even if you have, to get rid of them? That is our Shaila, first Shaila. Our second Shaila is, it says, V'amdu anashim, we learned that uh, Adim have to be Bamida, the Gemara and Shuas and Aflamid. So here's the Shaila. The Gemara says in Ksubis, by Esedai Chalayv Sasei, so the Gemara says, if a Isha Psula, Mamzeris, was Nena, so there's a din of a Loisia Leisha, there's Mechayiv to marry her. So the Gemara says, no, there's no din of a Loisia Leisha by Isha Suralai. So the Gemara says, why don't you say Esedai Chalaisa say? So the Gemara answers, since she could say Loi Beina, I don't want him. So in that case, you don't say Esedai Chalaisa say. How did Rishonim explain? Since she could say Loi Beina, so it's not, the Loisia Leisha is not a stark assay, because she could be Daichet by saying, I don't want to marry him. So an assay that's not Stark, you don't say essay doy chalais essay. So the shaila is the Gemara in Shua says the same Gemara says that Adam Talmidi Hechamim, 
don't have to stand before the Dayanim. Why? Because the Asay of Kavada Torah is Doicha, the Asay of Amdu Shnei Anashim. L'chayra, since the Allah is, Talmud Chacham, Shemachal Al Kvaydeh, Kvaydeh Machal, they could say, also, Be'ina, we want, we, we want to stand, so why don't you say the Asay is a weak Asay, just like the Asay of Eloisi Elisha, and therefore it's not Doicha, the, the Chiyuv of, uh, Amdu Shnei Anashim. That would be our two riddles of the week. At the end of the program, we're going to announce who are the winners of the uh, the riddles of two weeks ago, the three riddles, and we're going to send them the tzitzis that are made according to the shita of uh, of Taisvis and the Rush that have four chutim, and uh, it's hard to get, it's rare, and uh, we're going to send them to those three winners of the riddles. If you want to leave a message by phone or dial in by phone to listen, in America, our number is 732-806-8700. In England, it's 44, that's the country code, 33011-70250. In Eretz Yisrael, it's uh, 02-372-0304. So let's go to our wonderful guests. Joining us from Eretz Yisrael is Rabbi Ari Enkin. He's a Rav and a Magid here in Ramat Bey Chemish. He's a Talmud of Rav Hirschsprung, Zechariah Levracha, and Chaim Greenblatt. He's a Mechaber of 10 volumes of Dalad Amish Shel Halacha, each one with over 100 topics. I mean, he's printed on 1,000 topics in Halacha. Welcome, Rabbi Ari. Thank you so much, Rabbi David. So, question for you. So, um, you wrote about Pino Yatzamais. This year, most of the, the people who go up to Uman will not be able to go because of uh, the war in the Ukraine. Right. So the question is, why don't they bring Rav Nachman to Eretz Yisrael? Would there be a problem with Pina Yatsamais? Okay, so it's a very, very good question. I mean, maybe it's worth discussing if it's even mutter to go to Uman this year. It might be Pikuach Nefesh, and the government there says we can't protect you. It's also worth mentioning to listeners that there's plenty of breaths of literature that seems to suggest that the, that the Uman pilgrimage was only meant for those in Chutzarek. It was never meant for those in Eretz Yisrael to leave Eretz Yisrael to go to Uman. There's a lot of literature in that umbrella of going right to Reb Nassim, in fact. But okay, put that aside right now. Wait, but, but, but talk, talk. I think that's fascinating. Talk about yeah. that. Okay. Going from Eretz Yisrael to Uman. Let's discuss that. Okay, with pleasure. So the breath of literature does seem to say, and many are in denial that it exists without exaggeration, but there's plenty of that. You can find it online, that uh, from Rebbe Nassim and the great Hasidim after him, that the Uman pilgrimage is only meant for those in Chutzarek who couldn't enjoy the spark of the tzaddik in Eretz Yisrael. Because in Eretz Yisrael, the spark of the tzaddik is stronger than even at his kever. Okay, well, what do you mean his spark is stronger in Eretz Yisrael than in the cave? He's not, he's not in Eretz Yisrael. The Makam Kur is not in Eretz Yisrael. Right, so Kabbalah and Hasidus is not my forte, but I think I can get you the exact wording right now. And, um... Here, I'll read it to you, if I may. The Rosh Hashanah, Anshei Eretz Yisrael, Shezachulit Yashev, Be'eretz HaChayim, HaPaltrin Shalmelech, Lo Tzrichim Linsoa Le'uman. Ki Be'eretz Yisrael, Zoreach Oro Shel Tzadik, Be'yeser Seis, U'Be'yeser Oz. And that is attributed to, I quote, the Nosin, not just... Rav Nosin was the biographer, as well as the writer of the Likute Maran, so, you know, you don't get more authoritative than Rav Exactly. 
Exactly. But there so are said going, going from Eretz Yisrael, Reb Nassim Reis, to Uman is, is in, which is amazing. What percentage of those who go to Uman are coming from Eretz Yisrael? Yeah, it's huge amounts. I mean, in fact, everyone who, who can goes. I mean, the joke, there's a famous joke that uh, at the reform, uh, the reform temples, they're closed on the high holidays, on Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, right? Closed for the holidays, a famous joke. So the joke also for Breslov schools, closed on Rosh Hashanah, nobody's here. Wow. Yeah. Uh, again, against the writings of Reb Nassim. It does appear that way. I'm no expert on Breslov Hasidus, but I quoted to you, you know, black on white, the writings from Reb Nassim and other Hasidim, great Hasidim of Breslov as well. Okay, so continue. So there's a shallow whether you should be going at all. And you say also a question of Pikuach Nefesh. I mean, you would assume those who go believe it's not Pikuach Nefesh, right? I mean, there are no bombings going on right now in Ukraine. So I mean, certainly an argument can be made that it's yeah. not Pikuach Nefesh, right? I, I think it's a weak argument. Uh, bombings could take place at any second. The government is saying don't come. We can't protect. You you can't get more clear than that. Um, no, it's a serious show. I think they're from Chanelanes. That's what I right. think. Come on, if there's a part of the country that's not at war, you know, it's far away from any bombs, etc. That's a nest. If you if you go there and you're not hurt. Listen, Uman had bombs in this last war in the last few months. Bombs have fallen in Uman. Why can't it happen again? Is that is that true? Do you know that for a fact? Yeah, yeah. Just simple news reports. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So so continue. Now let's talk about um, why don't we move Rav Nachman to Israel? So it would be. Completely permissible. I mean, for listeners who want to explore this further, this is basically Yoridea. You can find it easily in Yoridea and Shin Samech Gimel, Pinu Yatzamois. And Pinu Yatzamois in Eretz Yisrael is completely permissible. Um, you know, the family of the deceased should be the ones to approve the Pinu Yatzamois from the internment in Eretz Yisrael. And I guess it's reasonable to say that the breasts of Hasidim are the family of the deceased. If the breasts of Hasidim would vote to do such a thing, yeah, Kola Kavod, I think it's a great thing. We know the burying in Eretz Yisrael brings all kinds of kapara and uh, nachas to the neshama of the deceased. And Rabbi Nachman would, would benefit from all that. By the way, just as a side note, we mentioned about the Hasidim being seen as the children of the Tzaddik. We have a precedent, a modern day precedent about that with Chabad, because the Hasidim won the fight, the famous fight with the Svarim, with the books, uh, against, you know, other, other, other groups that wanted the Rebbe's books. So the courts of the USA poskined that the Hasidim are the inheritors, are the children, are descendants of the Rebbe. So there is this idea, I just want to mention that, that the Hasidim are like the children and the continuation of the Tzaddik. Uh, I don't think the Ukrainian government would ever allow such a thing. It brings them so many tourist dollars this time of year that the people of Uman survive an entire year for about two weeks of visitors this time of year. So they won't want to give up Rabbi Nachman's body for that reason alone. It's also worth Rabbi if I may suggest, that it's not completely clear which cave is Rabbi Nachman. There's no positive identification which cave is Rabbi Nachman in Uman. There's a, there's a close guess. It's within, you know, three or four or five kfarim, but we don't know which cave it is. There's no slam dunk on that one. I think that they, they, they bring in the breast of uh, Svarim that was based on a dream. If somebody had a dream that was properly able to identify uh, which cave exactly it was. But the Loba Shemaim, he, we don't rely on dreams. We know he's buried in that cemetery. There's no question about that. But the spot they say is a spot is, it's a good guess. Possibly, we can call it a likely identification, but it's far from a positive identification. If it's off, it's off by how many feet? They say a few Kvarim. Okay, so, you go, so if you go there and you're mid-spouse, so it's a little to the left or a little to the right. Oh, no, really but the other side of the Pinu Yatsamwe's equation is do we know which caver to, to open up and take? No, they can take all five, I guess. Perhaps. He gets bigger silos and bigger government bureaucracy. And again, ideally you should have a shoes from the family to do Pinu Yatsamwe's, even for Eretz Yisrael. Ideally you should have uh, the permission of the family to do so, even though it's a big advantage, but you should get permission. Why is that? There's an Ikos Moshe on this. Moshe finds and quotes this in Yoradea Chela Gimel. Yeah. The way I remember what Moshe says is, he says, if, if it's not the family members, then the question is going to be, 
why are you taking this tzaddik, and why didn't you take another tzaddik? Why didn't you take the Balshemtiv up, or the Goyen up? Uh, the Balshemtiv is the grandfather of Nachman, right? Certainly more closer to the Makai, right? right. But our, so he says, a family has a right to make that decision. We want him to come. But for, if you're already bringing, bring a Bayin Rava. Why are you bringing Rav Nachman? Right. So, but, but, but the point would then be that Hasidim arguably have the ability to say, look, since he's our Rebbe, we're taking our Rebbe and we're not going to, uh, we don't want to, we're not Meshubit to other Gedalim, even if they were, you know, Dal Shem was before Rebbe, but he's not our Rebbe, right? right exactly. is our Rebbe. Now, it's interesting that there's a conversation, supposedly, that somebody by the name of Ozer Bergman writes that, um, there was a good opportunity to bring Rabbi Nachman to Yisrael during the presidency of Jimmy Carmer. They wanted to build an apartment building on the side of the cemetery. So they made a big tumult and it was saved. But in one of the strategy sessions, this is, he quotes, Rabbi Moshe of Feinstein, that's all, said to Rabbi Michal Dorfman, maybe this is a good opportunity to bring the Rebbe to Yisrael. So it's interesting. Ramesh, even though he writes that you can't bring anybody without the family's permission, is saying the chassidim would have the right to bring. Even though yeah. you could take the position, maybe in the face of destruction, it would be allowed. But it would seem Ramesh certainly should have taken that into consideration that they were going to save it. But Ramesh, I guess the chassidim would hold that they are family. And he answered, we have a Messiah that Rabbeinu Zal is to remain here till Mashiach comes. Now the Mashiach is... Was is is that uh, that that Nachman wanted to be buried there? But here's here's the problem with that. Okay. The problem with that is is that even if Rav Nachman wanted to be buried in, or is this what the Shulchan Aruch said, you could bring somebody up to Eretz Yisrael, the Shulchan Aruch is not discussing a situation with a Nifteris that he wants to be buried in a certain place. Right? It's just it's it's just. It's just if, if there was no opinion of, he says, somebody died, they buried him in the local Basak forest. Now they want to be Mafana that somebody, Teretz Yisrael, at a later date. So there's a, there's a Maral Bach, which is, uh, we, we'll bring in the Maral Makaymas, Simon Samach Gimel, was asked this question, and he says that even if somebody says he wanted to be buried in a certain place, you could move him. And then he says, he, he, he struggles with what happens if the person says, and I don't want to go to Eretz Yisrael. So he's misopic on that if he says, I don't want to go to Eretz Yisrael. But if a person just was absent and says, I want to be buried here, he says very clearly in the Pesachet Shuvah, in Yeridea, brings it. Yeah. Right. He brings. He brings. Right. He brings this thing on uh, in in Shin Samach Gimel. What's his lashon? After him, Gila died so he says, so, but then he says, if he said Beferish, he's Mesopic. He says, I don't know. But if he doesn't, he says, I want to be buried here. You would be able to. So even they say, they say the reason why Reb Nachman said he wants to be buried in Eretz Yisrael, they bring it from Reb Nassim. And this is the Lushen. I'll read Reb Nassim's Lushen on it. He said, uh, here's the language. The Yemei Maharanat from Reb Nassim, the closest Talmud. He writes, the Rebbe was buried on Wednesday, the fifth day of Sukkot. Countless times in his life, we heard from his holy mouth that he chose to be buried in the city of Uman. He thought Uman was a good place because of the many Kedoshim here. And that's why he moved there half a year ago, half a year before his passing. Now, the argument would be made, it's a good place because of all the Kedoshim there. There was no way to get from Uman to Eretz Yisrael in, in, in the early 1800s, right? Right. Right. It was a, there were no 747s that took the base. So, of course, he wanted to be buried there. If he could miraculously have been brought there, it doesn't say, but you would have to say, according to the Meralbach, you should be allowed to bring him. Even if he said, according to the Brazil of Chassidim, and that's halacha psuka in the Shulchan Aruch. So you can't argue with Chassidim. They say, do we have a Messiah? I mean, I don't know what a Messiah means. There's a piska that fell from heaven. 
Nachman Meuman. I mean, go argue with this, right? Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. but according to the Shulchan Aruch, even if he said he wants to be buried in Uman, of course he wants to be buried in Uman. And, and there were Kedoshim there, but in Eretz Yisrael, there were certainly more Kedoshim in Eretz Yisrael. In Yerushalayim, I'd say, or Tzvastin, there were in Uman. I mean, there were millions of people by the Churban killed in Yerushalayim, right? So if you want to bury them in Arzasim, etc. Yeah. So Sayel's the Kedoshim reason, and Sayel that's Shulchan Aruch with Paskin. It's the argument that I would make to support your position that yes, he can be brought, even if he said he wants to be buried in, in Uman. Yeah. yeah. And I think that Moshe, the Chuba that you, you mentioned earlier in your day, Gimel, I think it's Kufnun Gimel, he brings that there as well. Also, interesting, it's worth noting, uh, just talking about the Uman pilgrimage, phase of uh, Rav Cook's yard site, and the Chuba Mishpat Cohen in Kufnam Zion, where he argues against the Uman pilgrimage. So we're mentioning that as well. Rav, yeah, you know, Rav Yashiv also spoke out against going, Rav Yosef, of course. Do you know why? Why did they speak out against it? Because leave, it's, it, wasn't, it wasn't a good ground, it's not a good enough reason to leave Eretz Yisrael and leave your family for Yontif. Right? The Gemara in Sukkah, Chav Zion, says, uh, I was a Rebbe Levi, he was so happy he stayed at home for Yontif. And if some Achatishto, you have to make your family happy, baby. So, I mean, there's so many things about keeping your family happy and being with them on Yontif. To leave Eretz Yisrael, it, it, it's a whole, you have to rely on a whole snowball of leniencies and considerations to, to allow it, to justify it. Now, by the way, make no mistake, I'm not against leaving Eretz Yisrael to visit Tadikim or leaving Eretz Yisrael in general. Many posts are against leaving Eretz Yisrael for anything. Roshomel Zaman Auerbach wouldn't go to a grandchild's bar mitzvah and chutzaret. So I'm, not, I'm not holding there. I'm not thinking in that direction. Uh, leaving, I think leaving Eretz Yisrael to visit Tadikim is permissible. But the Uman pilgrimage, we have, you know, the Chassam Seifer spoke about how people are making Tzfas into a pilgrimage, which led to disaster. So if Tzfas couldn't become a center of pilgrimage, how much more so Uman should not become a center of pilgrimage. Causing any city, turning any city into a place of, place of pilgrimage seems to be us, sir. Seems to be us, sir. Let me ask you another question. Do you feel that it's a problem? From Hashkafa point of view, today it's become the style they go to Reb Nachman's a big place. They go to Reb Shaila Kerestira in right. Hungary. Yeah. They go to relatively unknown, you know, tzaddikim, right? Yeah. yeah. I, on the other hand, the Baal Shem, who started Hasidus, many more go to Uman than they go to Mezhibush, right? Yeah. Many more go to Kerestir, many more, like a thousand times as many go to Kerestir as go to where the Ktsais is buried, where the Nesivas is buried, where the Volnagayin is buried, where the Shach is buried, where the Taz is buried, where the Kivega is buried. Yeah. I'm not sure. Explain that. Listen, everyone has to go and to what gives them inspiration. If they, if this caver gives you inspiration, Bavakasha, go. Going to, you know, the, the, the caver of the Shach might not give a person the same inspiration as going to the Tzaddik, the miracle workers, the, the Rebshloim stories you read about the Tzaddikim and the miracles they did. Listen, that brings people inspiration. It strengthens their Amunas and Amunas Hashem, their Avoidas Hashem. There, there's value there. Value. We, we, we shouldn't go and, you know, say that Tzaddik is big enough for a pilgrimage, that one isn't. Each to his own. Breslov go to him and Chabad goes to him, and, uh, you know, every group goes to their Rebbe. So I'm not against, I'm not against going to these Tadikim. If that what turns you on, that brings you closer to God. Rabari, thank you very much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure and an honor. Thank you. Bye-bye. Joining us is Reb Moshe Ruvain Azman. He's the, the chief rabbi of Ukraine. He's a former refusenik called an enemy of the state of the Soviet Union. He did all his learning in underground yeshivas. He ran Yalde Chernobyl, which is bringing the children of Chernobyl to Yisrael. He moved in 1995 to Kiev, where he became the Rav of Kiev, which he's been basically till now, and uh, saved over, moved over 30,000 people from Kiev in the middle of bombing. Welcome, Rav Azman. Shalom, Abrocha. 
What an honor to have somebody like you on the front lines of Mason Nefesh. Professor, what is your opinion regarding people coming to Uman for Rosh Hashanah this year? First of all, I understand that how it's important to many people uh, to come to Uman, and I respect their, their razon. But this year, uh, it's uh, very, very dangerous to come. It's real war in Ukraine, real war. And, uh, you know, the Russian uh, send the rockets all over Ukraine. We, did, we don't know every day whether a new rocket will, will, uh, will come. Uh, only two weeks, ago, two weeks ago, I think uh, uh, one or two rockets was, uh, was come to women and killed a, a few people. No, no, the middle women were arrested, but it was in, in, in uh, border women. I know people, I know people that their workers were killed there. And uh, that's, that's why I said, first of all, uh, my, my, my opinion is uh, Ukrainian state, they don't, don't have enough quiet now, enough soldiers or, and enough uh, policemen to to save the, to save the people every 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 year um, I think between uh, 300 and 500 policemen and soldiers uh, save people now it's uh, everybody in the war and Ukraine uh, they have had a statement now that they they don't uh, sure that they can uh, can secure secure people that's first of all second of all the Russian um, can made provocation provocations. Uh, we know that they do it. They 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 do provocation and they say that Ukrainian uh, Ukrainian do, uh, did it. That's why uh, it's many many you know people have many weapon, weapons at their hands. Or rockets can come. Or weapon or somebody you know. It's, uh, I don't know what to to lift up the That's that's why that's why I think it's very very who will who will take responsibility for Jewish life. That's why I very very care about this. Rav Asman, you live in Kiev, which is really in the middle of the front lines over there, and, and you live there under great danger, but, but at the same time you believe that they shouldn't go to Uman. What would be the difference? No, first of all, Kiev now, now is, it's, uh, it's a little quiet. In, in the beginning of the war, we was under attack every, every day, day and night. We were also to come forces. Now Kiev, is, we have a court, we have a siren every day, but, but rockets don't come to Kiev less time. Is it, but is, is it more or less dangerous than Uman? No, I, I don't. I don't say to no, nobody to to return to to Kiev. First of all, uh, you know, people, many people, many Jewish people uh, run run away from Kiev, evacuated from Kiev, and uh, I don't say to, I say to everybody that uh, evacuated, don't please don't come to Kiev, even to Kiev, because it's, it's just, <coughs> that's why no, it's not different. And uh, woman, you know, woman was bombed in the first day in the war, and woman was born two, two, two weeks ago. And, uh, so Uman is, is, more, Uman is more dangerous today than Kiev. No, 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 no. Now it's no. But but we don't know. We don't know what can happen. Uh, we know they send the rockets. Russian Russians send the rockets all over all over Ukraine. They said nobody didn't know. I think uh, nobody didn't think that um, uh, rockets come to Vinnytsia, for example, in the middle middle of the city Vinnytsia and kill twenty or thirty people. It was uh, months ago. Nobody didn't come. Kharkivinchuk was was quite a quite a town and come rocket to the middle of the city and kill many many people. 
And that's why, that's why, that's why you know, it's... Uh... But Rabbi Asman, the reason you go there, I guess, is for Hatzalah. She's saying if you're going for Hatzalah, it's okay. But if you're going to visiting to see a, a keva, that's not okay. I guess that would be the difference, right? In the, in the south of Ukraine, it's, it's a bit it's better. Every day, hundreds of people killed there in the, in a, in a war, in the, in the soldiers and civilian, civilian people. That's why, you know, you know as a, a woman is half, half away from Kiev to Odessa. In Odessa, not bombing. Bombing in Nikolaev uh, every day is uh, explosions in Kherson. Uh, that's uh, uh, woman, you know, it's it's, uh, it's very close and they send rockets from the uh, sea, uh, Black Sea, from from the ships and they send from the Belarus and they send from the probably from the aircraft. You know, it's it's every day, every day it's some, uh, something new. That's why that's why it's no that Ukraine will say please. Don't come. Now Ukraine begins, but they are uh, counter-attack, counter-attack. And they say, please don't come because we have our problems. Please don't, don't do, do, do another problems. We can do, make safety, safe for you. That's why they, they, please don't come. That's why. And, and I think, you know, the Russians know that women is big. Then the Russians want to come uh, tens of, ten of thousands of uh, Jewish people. That's why it's, it's for them, uh, you know, they, they just uh, wanted to, 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 to make the provocation. You know, a few months ago, that's a Russian general, uh, general said in television that the Ukrainian army put the weapons in the synagogue. And uh, I immediately take the, my car and and, uh, and uh, fly fly to Uman, fly to Uman. And during one year, one hour, I come to Uman because I think that we're bombing now. Because usually they do this. They they say they say something and uh, that Ukrainian do and they do it and they say ah Ukrainian Ukrainian uh, did it. And that's why I come there and make a, for television. I make that uh, I check that no weapons in synagogue. I, I show it. I show it. That's why. It was there, but it's, uh, it's, I, I'm not uh, quiet. What are the plans for the future? Plans for the future, Mashiach, now. These are our plans. It's Gogu Magog, you know, that we, uh, we, uh, we do what we have to do. I, I, for example, we, our, our obligation, we, we help so many people in Ukraine, and uh, we help the people evacuated to Ukraine, we help people that still in Ukraine, to eat, to medicine, what do they need? Now, uh, even I, I think I help now a few Jewish soldiers and in the captivity in Russia and uh, and the many many every day many many and what to do, what will we do? Rabbi Shem, Mashiach will come. Now, Rabbi have have have, have you have you then been killed in Ukraine in this in this battle? What have 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 many Yidin been killed in Ukraine during this, these last few months? Uh, yesterday or two days ago, was killed one Jewish people, a Jewish guy from Israel that he was a soldier there, and uh, they they become the relatives there. I, I, and uh, I know my son was involved to 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 the Ariad Bufar, and uh, I don't know. Uh, no, I think it's okay, but I didn't check it. My son, my son, do uh, do it with uh, with Hebra Kadisha and. Uh, uh, and yes, there was another people who yes, was killed. Sure, yeah. Uh, we have we have one of my, our community was killed or, mar- or no killed, murdered in uh, Bucha. You know, Bucha is famous Bucha. That uh, Russians was uh, killed you know, about thousand people there in the beginning. So then they come to Kiev, which is near Kiev, and one of our community was killed by. Uh, we make him. I make uh, him uh, Levaya. 
uh, he was killed by uh, automatic, no, by guns, uh, and was murdered. Uh, okay, listen, uh, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, 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 that's, no. I understand. I explain you. I, 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 I was to say that I don't against Hashem. I don't against the people who come to me. I, I, understand. But, but it's not for. It's not safety. It's my most second nefoshes. Second nefoshes. Well, Rabbi Yasman, thank you very much. And Rabbi Shalom should give you a lot of siyata d'shmaya in your holy avoda. Thank you very much, and God bless you. And. Uh, Joining us from Yerushalayim is Rav Nassim Maimon. He's a mashpia, a senior lecturer in Breslov. He's a Talmud, and it says a son-in-law of Rav Tzvi Arya Rosenfeld, the famous mashpia of Breslov. Welcome, Rav Nassim. Thank you. So, Rav Nassim, tell us about, you know, Rav Nachman's Petira in Uman, the yearly going there for Rosh Hashanah, <coughs> the reason for it, etc. Rav Nachman was a great-grandson of the Baal Shem Tov, and he lived a relatively short life, 38 years. The last eight years of his life, he lived in Breslov. That's why Hasidim, his Hasidim are called Breslov or Hasidim. He, when he came to the city of Breslov, when he was 30 years old, story he made Kiddush, the wine spilled, they put another wine, and he said, we've, we've crowned this city as, as our city. From now on, my students will be known as Breslov or Hasidim. But what happened was, at that time, around that time, he had been traveling in Ukraine, and he went through the city of Uman, and he came to a site where there had been a massacre three years before he was born. There was a major massacre at the time. The Hedemaks and the Cossacks were roaming Ukraine, and they murdered tens of thousands of Yidden everywhere, and Uman was a fortified city. So people from surrounding areas came there, and the count, who was Count Bataki, who was in charge of Uman, was favorable to the Jews. So they were, And he said they can be there, he'll protect them, he won't open the city to these guys. And at one point they tricked him, these Cossacks, Hedemaks tricked him, he let them in, and they ended up murdering 30,000 Jews there. They set up what was called a Schwarze Hippa, a black canopy that was like a, half the height of a person, Person, and they put a cross in front of it. And they said, whoever goes under, whoever bows to the cross lives. Whoever doesn't, we're going to hack to death. And this went on for three days. They murdered 30,000 men, women, children refused to bow to the cross. No one bowed. And, and they ended up, they were, they were hidden that hid out in a cave outside the city. And they came back in afterwards. They saw this mess. They saw what had happened. They dug these two gigantic ditches in which they buried Kevrachim, in which they buried the remains of these 30,000 Kedoshim. And Rabbi Nachman was passing through there when he was 30 years old, and he stopped in that location, and he said, this would be a very good place to remain. And then he went weiter, he went further. And then eight years later, there were a series of fires in, in several cities, in Nemirov, in Breslov, and on one Friday night, his house burnt down. Rabbi Nachman's house burnt down. That Sunday morning, he got an invitation. He was looking into it before the possibility of going to Uman. But on Sunday morning, an invitation arrived that the city is welcoming him. The people in the city, the Yidmir, are welcoming him. And he ended up traveling there and spending the last five, six months of his life there. From ER 
until Chai Tishrei, Palamid Sukkot. And he spoke a lot about that cemetery, about the, the, the Kiddush Hashem that was there, and that that was one of the main reasons why he chose to be buried there. Among these Kiddushim, these Yidin who were given a choice to bow to the cross and live or not, and they all refused. And prior to that, even as soon as he started being Makar, reaching, doing outreach, being Makar people, he always emphasized that Rosh Hashanah is the most important time to come to him. He said he can do more for his students on Rosh Hashanah than any other time of the year. And he gave some reason, he mentioned some factors about it, and he said if anybody has any questions about this, so let them have another question on me. It's not, he, he wasn't to spoil, he said this is still super, the most important. He said, Congresses and then is going to Fahan. There's nothing more important than this, than coming to me for Rosh Hashanah. And he spoke about this also a few days before he passed away, when he was already very sick. He was suffering from tuberculosis the last three years of his life and, and spitting up blood those last days. And on that era of Rosh Hashanah, his final Rosh Hashanah, he spoke about how important it is to be with him for Rosh Hashanah. So his students understood that he wasn't just referring during his lifetime, but he meant also afterwards. And his main Talmud, Reb Nassim, who wrote all of his foreign, he and all the other, the other major Talmudim all continued to go to his kever on Erev Rosh Hashanah and to make sure to daven together close by in a shul for Rosh Hashanah. Now, what do you think of this year? Should Breslov see them go to Uman or not? It's a big question that's going around the world now. There are some different opinions on it. Uh, the facts are that over the past six months, people are going and coming there every day. And there are videos of people there and coming back. Baruch Hashem, no one yet has been harmed in any way. Not traveling there, not in Oman, and not on the way back. Have there been bombs? Have there been bombs in Oman? Is it is it dangerous? Not not that I know of. The the world is a dangerous place. The Gemara says, "Kol hadrochen bechetzkat sakana." All travel is dangerous. And, and Ukraine has a special situation now with, with Russia, no question about it. However, in that part of Ukraine, we know, for example, I live in Eretz Yisrael. There are the people that live in the north and the south that most people assume are in a much more dangerous location than those of us that live in Yerushalayim or Beit Shemesh. So there's, there's a difference for sure, but Baruch Hashem, so far, no one has been harmed. Many people I know are planning on going for Rosh Hashanah, and there are those that are planning on not going. There are those that are concerned and are choosing not to go. What is your opinion? Right now, I'm hoping to be able to go, Mitzvah I hope if things don't get any worse, I'm hoping to be able to go there, Mitzvah Could you explain to me, an outsider, the proudest part of of Reb Nachman is that he was an anical of the Baal Shem. So for the Baal Shem's caver, some people go, and to Uman, tens of thousands of people go. Isn't that counterintuitive? I'll answer your question in the, in the typical Jewish way with a question. Can you explain to me why Rabbi Akiva had 24,000 Talmudim at one point, they left the world, and he continued teaching. So he might have had 40,000, 50,000 Talmudim during his lifetime, and there are tens of people that visit his kever throughout the year. His student, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, who was his student, who's buried in Miron, had between a half a million and three quarters of a million people visiting his kever on Lag Bomer. 
pre-corona and, and post-corona, there are thousands of people going there regularly. Every Shabbos in their own can I'll, I'll answer that I question. So, Robert, I'll Please. answer that question. I think people are very interested in Nisim and Moifsim and Nisloys. So Rajvi is associated with that. And Rabbi Kiva isn't. That's because sort of you know people like you know miracle workers. Um, whereas whereas the Balsham was clearly as big as a miracle worker as Ramachman was. So that that answer wouldn't apply here. That that's one aspect of it. But I'll I'll give you the answer. There was a Rabbi Yadler who was not a breast of a Hasid. He was known as a Maggid of Yerushalayim years ago, 30, 40 years ago, and he came to Oman for Shana once, and somebody saw him, and they asked him, what are you doing here? You're not a breast liver. What are you doing here? You're not his father. There are Kvarman, you have the Morrisonach Pela. You have a... So he said, I'll, I'll answer your question. He said, Erhot Sigazokt, Rabbi Nachman gave a guarantee. They didn't. Avram Avinu did not say, come to my kever, and I'll do everything I possibly can to help you. I'll, if I have to, I'll pull you out with your payas from Gehenim. Yeah, but I would, I would, if Rabbi Yadlou was here, I would respond to him. I would say, you know, it doesn't say any place. Bavli or Shalmi, Sephras, Sephita, that somebody's empowered to give that guarantee. Just really? because you... Yeah. Excuse me. Are you a Bucky in Bavli, Yerushalmi, Safra, Sifri? Enough to make that statement. That, 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 that word enough, excuse me, is, is not, not so valid. Okay. It, it says in, it says in Masechta Soita, Daf Yudalit Amid Beis, that one of the reasons why we don't know where Moshe Rabbeinu's kever is today is because if we did know, we would go there and we would say to Moshe Rabbeinu, get up and defend but us like you did during your lifetime. But you but Moshe, hello, hello, you're, you're, you're selling some apples to oranges. Moshe was the one that Rabbi Shalom wanted to make the whole Klal Yisrael, right, by the, by the, by the thing. He said, I'll, I'll make you the entire Klal Yisrael. He took them exactly. out of Mitzvah. He marked the law of Klal Yisrael. You can't take a, 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 every Tzaddik from, from the last 500 years and say he could give a guarantee to, to do what Moshe could do. He was, he was the one. He was Moshe Reya Mehemna. Nobody else is called Reya Mehemna. So you can't compare it. You're going to say your, your local Tzaddik on the corner is going to say, I could come to my cave, I'll do it. You can't compare that to Moshe. The, the answer is the local tzaddik on the corner can't say that, but the Zohar Kodesh says Moshe Isa Bechol Dara The Gemara says that. Chal Talmud Chacham Moshe. The Gemara says right, but, exactly, but, but, it, exactly. but it doesn't mean every every Talmud Chacham could do every Talmud Chacham could say if you come to my cave, I I could save everything. Everything that says about Moshe, Moshe Reim Ahem, there's no every Talmud Chacham. Ikri Moshe means he has a spark of Moshe. Every Talmud Chacham. Does that mean every Talmud Chacham could make the guarantee that Moshe could make? No, no. But here again, not every Talmud Chacham said this. The Baal Shem Tov did not say this. The he wasn't empowered to say it because he wasn't empowered to say it. Excuse me, excuse me. In to, in to be an authority as to what the Baal Shem Tov was empowered to do. I'm asking you, so bring a raya. You're a magician. Bring a raya. Bring a raya that, that, that a, a, a Talmud Chacham or a, a Tzadik could make guarantees that survive for generations to do Nisim V'Niflois that are Lamai Lamidarech HaTavah. Bring any Makar for such a thing. Bring a Tana, a Tana who said, I guarantee for the rest of time this. And a Moira who said this. Somebody, you have, you have, all, you have just 63 Masechtas of Tanayim. Bring me a raya from a single Makar of a, a Tana or an Amoira who said, for the rest of time, if you do this, I guarantee it. Bring one raya. Sure, sure. Very simple. There's okay. a Tana called Rabbi Shimon Bar Yechoi right. in Masechta Sukkah. 
יוכל אני ליפטור את כל העולם כולו מן הדין, מיום שנבראתי עד אותו. ואומו לאלוזר בני אמי, מיום שנברא העולם ועד עכשיו. ואומו ליוסם בן עוזיו אימנו, מיום שנברא העולם עד סויפוי. Yes, you say you have a right. There, 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 are people, unfortunately, there, there are people who are very quick to say it's not in Shas, it's not in my Rebbe, let me finish, please. Okay. He said that he had that problem once, that there were people who would say the Rambam says differently, and he was surprised a little bit. And then he decided one summer to do the Rambam. He learned the Rambam, the entire Rambam. And he said the next time somebody told him the Rambam says differently, he said maybe it's in your Rambam, not mine. So when people say it, it is in Shas or it's not in Shas, they better be very, very sure of what they're talking about because the Gemara speaks very, uh, talking about Sakona, Kolev ben Yifuna, we had the Maraglim. The Maraglim were superstars. Each shave that gave its best, best foot forward. They sent their representatives to check out Eretzi soil. Ten of them failed and two of them succeeded. The, two, the difference between the ten and the two were one thing, a connection to a tzaddik. Yehoshua had a connection to Moshe Rabbeinu, where Moshe Rabbeinu was misparel for him. Kol Yoshiach HaMeatzas Maraglim, and Kol Ben Yifuna went to the most dangerous place in Eretz Yisrael. Then and now, he went to Hebron. So the Zohar Kodeshev, how could he do that? There's halacha. You're not allowed to go to Amokim Sakana. So the Zohar Kodesh says, he understood, you're, you're right. He understood that to go there was dangerous, Not to go there was more dangerous. And we see he was right. Had he not gone there, he would have been with the Marag. There would have been 11 Maraglim. Maybe we would have had a Tishabov and an Isruchad. Because there was only 10 Maraglim, we only have Tishabov. We only had two Botei Mikdashes destroyed. And these two, Yoshua, who had a Kesher to Moshe Rabbeinu, and Kolei ben Yifune, who went to be mispalel by the Moras HaMertela, those two were saved. The Gemara says that it's Sadiq and Pater himself from the din. He could part of the whole world from the din. He could part of the whole world to the end of time from the din. That's what, that's what the Rajabi said. Not unlike Moshe Rabbeinu, who, who, if he would have brought the Eden straight into Eretz Yisrael, it would have been the Gula Hasida, right? What we, what we don't find is a tzaddik saying, come to me after my death, and I will be able to help whoever comes to my keva after my death forever. That doesn't say anywhere. That doesn't say anywhere. No, but it says, but But it says everywhere, G'doylem, Tzadikim, Ben-Misosom, Yoysem. One of the assertions of Yiddishkeit is that Tzadikim are much greater after their passing than during their lifetime. Notwithstanding so that, what, notwithstanding G'doylem, Yoysem, Tzadikim, it doesn't have a case where it says anywhere that a Tzadik, L'acha Misosay, if you go to his keva or otherwise, could guarantee for people for forever. That doesn't say Says by the others, you see that you see that Kalev Wenzin was misspelled by the others. Exactly. But you don't see exactly. that anywhere that a tzaddik should say, "Come to my grave, and I'll guarantee you my caver, and I'll guarantee you anything." Even in the case of Rajbi, that was the Chayev. Exactly. Right? So in this, in this side, so it's so it's so it's a whole new idea that coming to a tzaddik saying, "After my death, come to my grave, and I guarantee you," is a new concept that is not brought anywhere in Chazal. Correct. Okay, so just like, uh, there, just like there are new concepts that are brought in the Mishnah Brew in every Sefer that are not mentioned in other places. But usually new concepts no. means that there, there are developments, there are changes, right? The, halacha, the world is constantly changing, so Halacha has to adapt to it. But a Tzavik's exactly. grave has been around since Adam Marishan, and nobody exactly. said these words since Adam Marishan except for Avnachman. And I just would ask you, you have to bring a raya from Chazal that such a thing could, I, could I, exist. I, I, 
Like, I, just I like you say, like the Mishdebur brings a riot, there's halachas, right? Certain things he brings riot, certain things he, he was an authority to be able to say what he needed to say. There's no question. The Shua Kodesh says that there are certain people that when on Matan Torah, the, fir, the only only the first two commandments we heard from Hashem directly, right? Only on Eichav Eilcha, me pigvur and Emra, right? Right. The other, the other eight, the other 611 we heard from Moshe Rabbeinu, right? Right. So there are some big geniuses who say you can't compare in any way what I heard directly from Hashem to what I heard from a human being. I mean, with all due respect to Moshe Rabbeinu, right? So the Shlach is wrong. That's why the Gemara uses the Russian Mipigvura, because Mipigvura is Bigimatria Moshe. To show that as far as we are concerned, what we hear from Moshe Rabbeinu and what we hear from Hashem is exactly the same. The mitzvah of Shabbos is not one iota less than on Oichi Hashem Alikecha. So the Shlokos says, but there are wise guys today that are going to say, oh, if I were living the time of Moshe Rabbeinu, Yeshua would have to buy three pairs of sneakers to keep up with me. I would be his closest, but today, what do you have today? I mean, Reb Nachman, he was 200, you think he's a nothing compared to Moshe Rabbeinu. And then zero, zero. She says, for those wise guys, we have a term midrabonon. There's midoraisa and there's midrabonon. And the term midrabonon includes the Gemara, it includes the Shulchan Aruch, it includes the Kitzah Shulchan Aruch, it's also included in midrabonon. And he says midrabonon is bigimatri and mitigvura also. So the a person today, a person who has no, respect a mitzvah for like today's Gedolim. There's a mitzvah of like saucer. What do you need? What do you need? It's a lot. It's a Zeres HaKasr. Like saucer. It's, it's a... So like like saucer from, like from, like from whom? Like from Chazal. From, from, like from, from, from Chazal. Exactly. Who's the, who are the Chazal? Who are so Chazal? They, so they is have Rabbi a... Nachman, so, is Rabbi Nachman Chazal? Right. It says like saucer. So Asher Yerucha means even today's Gedolim. If we have people, if a person recognizes somebody today as a Gedolim, and the Gedolim today says, come to my grave, or don't come to my grave, you better make sure to listen. You better make sure to listen to what he says, because he's not joking. If it was Reb Chaim Kanyevsky, Zechet Sadek Levrocha, whoever it was, any of the real Gedolim Yisrael, if Rabbi Nachman said this, he, he wasn't a liar, and he wasn't, a, he wasn't somebody who exaggerated. Tens of thousands of people that have been choyzer b'tshuva thanks to this individual. There are tens of thousands of people that you and I see in America, in South Africa, all over the world. Guys come with earrings and this, that, and walk out with tzitzis and tzillin. And, and people who are, who are be, some of them are getting smith or becoming so rabbonin. So, so kind of, your understanding of Lysasar is any Ra has a right to be mechadish anything in Torah because of Lysasar. So Rav Nachman was able to say something that nobody before him ever said, or anybody after him ever said, that come to my keva and I guarantee you, and that is from the din of Lysasar. Yes. Okay. Well, let me ask you, about why wouldn't they bring, why wouldn't they bring Rav Nachman to Eretz Yisrael? Good question. This, this, this question came up in 1979 when the Russian government in, in their five-year plan made, a, made it known that they're taking down all of these small houses around where Rabbi Nachman is buried and they're putting up these nine-story apartment buildings. If you go there today, you'll see those buildings there. And they said, we cannot guarantee the safety of this place. So either take it out of here, otherwise we, we, can't, we don't know. So there was a deal at the time in Yerushalayim, and Poiskim were consulted, I believe Rabbi Yashiv, Rabbi Shlomo Zalman Auerbach, the leading Poiskim here, who said 
that since there was no condition set at the time of burial, that this is temporary, and Rabbi Nachman did make it clear that he wanted to be buried specifically there, we have to do whatever we can to, to get it to be able to stay there. If we see them coming in with bulldozers, if you have no choice, then you have to take it out. And, and during that time, there was an incredible story that took place at the time where the president of the United States at the time, Carter, Jimmy Carter and Brezhnev were meeting in Vienna for the first time since Cold War. And this issue was presented at that meeting. And the Kremlin came back saying, we are going ahead and putting up those apartment buildings. However, it's been documented on Belinsky Street, number one, there's an important shrine that will not be destroyed. Rabbi Pinchas Taitz from Elizabeth, New Jersey, was involved at the time. The Lubavitch Rebbe was involved. There were a number of people that were involved that, that helped that mission succeed. So from that time, it was a, now there were people that attempted to do this. About 20 years ago, there were two young men who took it on their own, you know, they part of a small fringe group that think that this is a great idea, bring them to Israel, we'll have millions of people coming and we'll put them on all kinds of locations. And they actually went to the house next door and started digging underneath to try to dig them out and the police caught them and it was in all the newspapers at the time, it was in the Jerusalem Post here and Israel, etc. And afterwards there was steel and, and cement put in that I think even if the Russians has to show them were to bomb a location, everything else in that location, I, I don't think this location on a physical level would be harmed in any way based on the amount of steel and cement that was put in to ensure that nobody would, would attempt that again. But the, it, 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 it's, you know, the price can bring its foreign Shulchan Aruch that the Shulchan Aruch says that the biggest cliff is to be buried in Eretz Yisrael. Why wouldn't to, be buried in to be moved, a person who's buried in a different location. So it says, yeah, so the is to go to Eretz Yisrael, the Shulchan Aruch says, and Shem Tamach Yemel that you do. Why? Because the Chippur Admasayamai, why wouldn't you, and Yerushalayim has more martyrs than Uman at the head, right? So why wouldn't you want to move him to Yerushalayim? A, a number of answers. Number one, because he, he said he said he wanted to remain there and he said he, he, he gave some reasons for it and he said he's not mentioning all the reasons. And number two, the Zohar Kodesh speaks about why is Moshe Rabbeinu not in Eretz Yisrael? Well, he's in Eretz Yisrael, which has a Kedushas Eretz Yisrael. He's in Eretz Yisrael, which has a Kedushas Eretz Yisrael. But the Zohar Kodesh said, the, Rabbi Nachman writes that the kever of a tzaddik, he spoke about the kever of the Baal Shem Tov, and he said the kever of a tzaddik has the Kiddush of Eretz Yisrael. There's a passage, Sadikim Yershu Eretz, that the place of the Tzadik acquires the Kiddush of Eretz Yisrael. That's a, a Bechina of it. But, but, um, I understand, but it says every, every Shul has the Kiddush of Eretz Yisrael, right? To, to a degree, in to different so, degrees. So we Travel understand that, that there's, I, so we understand that Yerushalayim itself has a bigger Kiddush than a Shul. Right, so yes. it's it's like it's can. So the Shulchan Aruch says you should bring them to Eretz Yisrael, and they bring you know if they can bring tzaddikim, they do. Let's talk about this Paiskim, The Maral Bach talks about bringing um, you know Talmud Hachamim to Eretz Yisrael. He says you absolutely should do it. Even he says if they wanted to be buried in Chutzlars, but they didn't expressly say they didn't want to go to Eretz Yisrael. Why wouldn't we follow that halacha? There's a number of facts. Number one, there was an attempt made to move the Zona going. Okay. And and people that attempted it got hurt in the process, and they got the message that that wasn't the right thing to do, and they stopped. There were several tzaddikim. So they moved the chida. They moved the chida yeah. to Eretz Yisrael. They moved Correct. the Menachem Zemba to Eretz Yisrael. They moved Rameh Shapiro to Eretz Yisrael. Right. Yeah. 
I'm sure the Lord says you could be moved there as well. I, I, I live in Yerushalayim, and because the Chito was moved, there are not that many people that this. I, I go to Harmanuchas almost weekly, generally weekly at least, where, and I, where the Chito is buried, and I've been there many times. And it's not it's not that popular a place. It's not visited by that many people. Hello, nothing not popular. The there's, yes. there's just a few people who became popular. He said, Rebekah is not popular, or Ashbi is popular. Exactly. So exactly. If they, you're saying if they brought Rav Nachman to Eretz Yisrael, it wouldn't be popular yeah. anymore? No, I say that he, he, he mentioned this. When he spoke about his burial, he mentioned that he thought he might want to go to Eretz Yisrael, but there were two reasons why he said he did not. He said, number one, he was afraid he wouldn't make it there alive. And he said, number two, if I would be in Eretz Yisrael, people wouldn't be metapel with my kever that much. He said those words. And he said to his Talmudim, And who, where, is that, where, is that, where is that brought? Where is that brought? Chay, the Sefer Chayim Oharan. Chayim Oharan, which was written by his Talmud Rav Nassim, the one who he said See, because I have the quote from... Yes, I have the quote from... Interesting. The quote that I have from him is a little bit different. He says he thought... This is from Oiza Bergman, bringing from Rav Nassim's Yimei Maharanat. He said he told many people he thought Uman was a good place to be buried because of the many martyrs that are there, the many Kedoshim that are there. That's why he moved to Uman a half a year before his passing. He didn't mention Eretz Yisrael in this writing from Reb Nassim. He's only quoting part of the discussion. Yemei okay. Maranat is a, 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 an autobiography of Reb Nassim. Right. Chaim Aran is where Reb Nassim elaborates much more. on this. And over there he said he does not want to go to Eretz Yisrael. He said that he, there were reasons why he thought he wanted to go, but in the end he decided he does not for two reasons. Number one, he was afraid he wouldn't survive the trip. He had been to Eretz Yisrael once, but now he was sick already for two and a half years. Well, I understand. Which, well, this is not and relevant number two, today. Yeah. Number two, he said, because if he'll be in Eretz Yisrael, people not, will not be involved with his kever. That's, I'm quoting the Sefer Chaim Moharan. Okay, in that case, today in, Oman, in that case, he's saying Bifarish, he didn't want to. Correct. Even though, you know, we do have, when they went to Reb Moshe during that whole ice, Reb Moshe said, why don't they move him to Eretz Yisrael? Which is interesting. I, I, not, they, not, not they went, I went. My Rebbe, Reb Michal Dorf, and I were the people who went to see Reb Moshe Feinstein in his shul. He very, let me quote, because I, okay. I was there. He said okay. it to me. He, he said maybe it would be an idea. When Reb Michal explained to him the crisis, the problem, that what the Russians are saying, he said, So Reb Michal said to him, but his Talmud Muvuk, Reb Nussin, writes Beferish that this is a place that was designated for him, and that he told some of the reasons why he wanted to be buried among these 30,000 Kedoshim. And he, he spoke a little bit more, and then Rav Moshe thought for a minute or two, I was standing there, I'll never forget it. He thought for a minute or two, and then he said, If that's the case, then let the holy will of Rabbi Nachman be fulfilled, whatever he wants. Whatever he wants, that's what should be. He said it once, and then we, we walked away from him. We went to our seats. This was after davening. And then we, we went to put on Rabbi Natan's son. Then when Rabbi Moshe was leaving the shul, he walked past us. He sat in the Mizrach. He walked past us about 10 feet. He turned around and came back again. And he told my Rabbi Rabbi Hashem helped that his will of the Holy Tzaddik should be fulfilled. Can I ask you, you go to, you go to Uman a lot, right? I go and I sure. What, what, so, what, what, do you go to the Shach, to the Taz, to the Kivega? Have you ever been to them? No. 
No, I've been to other crime of Tzadikim. I've been to, to the, I go to the, I go to the, you learn Shulchan once a week. The, the Shach isn't far from there, the Taz isn't far from there, the Ksais isn't sure. far from there, the Nesivis isn't sure. far from there. Why don't you go to those? The, the answer is, a, a number, number one, I have a personal connection. I've been learning Rabbi Nachman's forum for 50 years. You certainly learn Shulchan Aruch, don't you? The, I, the Beis Yosef, let's say. I've been to the Beis Yosef's Kever many times. Hundreds of wrestlers that I know have been to the Ramor. I haven't been Zoichel. If I had the opportunity to go, I, I've, I go to, in, in Sass, I go to the Beis Yosef. You know, I, I, I go to other Kiverate Sadikim also. Have you been to Rashi's Kever? No, I've, I've never been to France yet. I, I'm saying, do you do you I, learn I, I, Rashi I, as much as you learn Likutim Aran? I I do. I do, but uh, again, there's, there's a concept, there is a concept, I, I've heard this, that a person goes to the kever of Rabbi Akiva to be misplaced. If we have Rabbi Akiva, let's say, why would we go to Rabbi Moshe? Why are they Tamidim of Rabbi Moshe Feinstein, Zechitzah who go to Rabbi Moshe? You're in Eretz Yisrael already, a few miles away, you can go to Rabbi Akiva. You know, you know what Rabbi Moshe is compared to Rabbi Akiva? You know what you're talking about? So one of my rabbis explained there's a big difference between someone who, who you have a personal Kesher with. There's a concept of my doctor. Uh, my doctor has my file. He has all the information on me. He knows everything about me. So that even though I do go to Rabbi Akiva, I go, I go to many tzaddikim, but there's a concept of my doctor, my Rebbe, who has a very, very personal Kesher with, and I believe that he has a Kesher with whoever who needs to have a Kesher in order that the Tzilos should get to where they need to get to. That's why I see when I go to Hamanuchos, I see people going to Rabbi Moshe and to, to other great Sadiqim, to Rabbi Ankopla Zechonavrocha, to Rabbi, yeah, you know, to all. Person would say you're never sure. It's, it's Bush and a Cherpa. What are you making a joke here? You have Tanoim and Amoroim here. You're going to to, to Rabbonim that, that maybe they're Achroinim. The answer is it's not a busha. If he was your rebbe, your personal rebbe, it's extreme. You compile more sometimes by him than you compile by Rabbi by by Rabbi Shimei Right. Okay. Thank you very much for your time, Reminder. Okay. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you. Joining us from Yerushalayim is Rabbi Yechiel Goldhaber. He's a Mechabes Farim, uh, Minhagi Hakin Hillis. He's an expert on Minhagim of Kehillis, both before and after the war. He's a Jewish historian. He sends out a, an email, Mishal Chanei Shal Reb Yechiel Goldhaber, articles. He's printed in Kunditan as well. Welcome, Reb Yechiel. So what is the history, going back to the beginning of time, of bringing up Gedolim Teret Yisrael, both before and after the war? Okay, talking about the war, we have to put down on the table the Chazal, Yemar and Soita and in Sanhedrin and in Ksuvis, that he now had a touch of Keva, but from Chusos, there was a sword you allowed to bring over a Keva. And there's a famous lesson in Amdam, G'doylech ha'chomim ho'yom alifim me'seyem le'shom. Shom is there to say, Seyu le'mad mi'yakub avinu v'yetzev atzadi. And we have a, a few samples of Chazal, Tzayin, Bavli, and Mori, you know, Shami, that Tanoim and Meroim, the families, brought their parents to Eretz Yisrael. We have to understand that in those years, bringing a mess from from Iraq to Palestine was, wasn't the easiest uh, task. On the other hand, there's a medrash in the that is uh, against this mimic, we have to understand why. They say that at the time of Alti, you're not allowed to be in the Someone lives in Alti, so you have to bury them, bury them there. But to bring your mess from Kuso, it's there's a Mahalaf and Kazal against it. But the Shekhanoch and the Rambam Paskum, like I mentioned before, the Stam Gemar and Ksuvah, that you're allowed to be in Mabe on Mess at Alti, because it's the Now we'll step to the to our years, to our uh, era. 
So, okay, so most of the Kvarm that we have today in Metzusoy that, that were removed from Chutzos are after the war, and mainly because the Jews left Europe, the, Europe was Hefka, and everybody was afraid what's going to be. No one's going to take care of the Kvarm. After the war, there's Gansalat, Imre Yosef. Imre Yosef was a stink, a very big kobu. And there's a little polemic in the Spinka family, because the Spinka family has a few branches. So one branch brought him over, and the other branch was angry, and they neglect the caver. He's buried in Petavdikva. And the reason they brought him over, they said, because it's known to protect the Bezakvars. But until today, the oil is still standing. No one touched it. So then we have the Stefan Nestor. There's a very famous tzaddik. The last few years, it became a whole... I would call it a mini Miron in the Zeal site. Also the same, I wouldn't say the same problem, but they, they thought that because in the 50s uh, the Jews left uh, the area, Romania, so everything is going to fall apart, no one's going to take uh, care. So there's a whole vat because Shifanesh is, is connected with religion and uh, other uh, courts. For example, uh, a few famous tzaddikim that were her, were his chsidim. They were all involved in bringing him over. The Lord was a whole vat, and the, the head of the vat was of Yosef Breyer, or Breyer. He's the grandfather of the Biyana Elephant today. He was the last row in Stefanest, and he, he settled the whole vat. I think they even asked him for a house of a tzaddik and go to in Tel Aviv. There's another tzaddik in Petach Tikva, the Palzer. The Palzer was a machotin of the Minkasulaza. His son, Raburach Rabinowitz, was the Adim, the son-in-law of the Mikhas and he's the father of the Munkachel from today. So this, this uh, Rebuch brought his father and Muslim David Rebinowitz from Tautzev also after the war. The fam- a very famous caver in Haramanuch in Zichido in the 50s, and the, the chief rabbi was then the Bitzak Nisim, and his Talmud's name was Amod Chaliyao, and he was the chief rabbi a few years later. And they both brought him Murti Chedev from Lizono. But there was a, the family, the Ashkenazic family of the Chedor was a little angry at him. We know that in, in the Shalayim there's a family that the Miyachas himself to the Chedor. There was a Azulai that married a Ashkenazic family, and they say that they're any class in the In my eyes, they're not right. They're not Eniklach and Dichidon. I would say they're more Eniklach of the, his great-grandfather, Echesed Lavon. Okay, but it's no difference. But they're Meyachas and Sassi Dichidon, and they were Van Gelten and Brizel and another two families that were angry that they brought him over. Why, why, why were they angry, do you know? Because you don't set a cave, uh, only if you have to. Even though the Shulchan Aras says you do. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's uh, it's Moira Dinim, all kinds of... Uh, mystical problems. The same polemic happened by Amir Shapira, the famous Amir Shapira from Lublin. I think it was his nephew, Munya Shapira. He was later on a Knesset member. He brought him and the Talmudim were angry at him. If we went to Poland, there was a famous rov, the Bendina rov, he was the Adam of the Sassanas. After the war, his oil was, wasn't uh, touched. It's interesting, in Poland, and the kettle was whole, was wasn't touched. But his family here, you know, Shalayim brought him, and he's buried near the Gera, the Gera Meir. There's a Meir of the Gera, but it's an Another 
a Polish uh, godel that was brought here, and I don't really understand. Is a Menachem Zember. Menachem Zember was one of the giants. How did they find uh, Menachem Zember? He was shot in the water. That's what I don't know. know. That's what I don't how know. How do they know it's not some Polish guy? Like, how do they know? No, the, the reason they brought him because in Tovshin Yutchest, 1958, Poland fixed up. The, the get the Varsha ghetto, and because it was burnt and, and blasted, and they re- they just built all over. They built all over it. Yeah, they buried it. Right. So they touched Kvarim. So someone said it's the cave of Menachem Zemba. It, it's impossible to know. And yeah, we're talking right. about thousands of, of of bodies there. So I really don't know. It's, it's not much. For me, it's a it's a medis player. Who is the person who did it? How would we? Can we get that I person and ask him? I don't know. I don't. He has he has a nephew, not a nephew, he's already a son of a nephew. He had a nephew in in Borupak called the Bavomzender. And he has a son. He's a doctor. He's the same as Dustin Flat was Doctor Zender. I think it tastes. Uh, okay. We have the, the, the famous Rebbe here, the, the Imre Chaim. Yeah, he's now the, the grandfather of, of a lot of Rebbes, <laughs> the Vilnius Rebbes, and all. And he brought his father, Davis Fool, and his uncles. And, so, and he was, so who decides who decides who to oh, bring them oh, over? Oh, the kids? So the very, Tell me, them, like, who's making these decisions? Okay, so in my eyes, why did he bring them? Because he, brought, he built, he was the first Rebbe that built the Kriya a neighborhood for a, for a, for a crowd, for his crowd, for, for a Hasidic crowd, and he called it Kiyad Vizhnit. It's the first Hasidic Kiyad. So in my eyes, it's, it's, it's only my, my feeling that he thought that he's bringing over Vizhnit to Bnei So how do you bring over Vizhnit to Bnei what, 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 what do you have today in Bnei from Vizhnit? You don't have nothing. So if you bring the the, the Kvon from the Sadiqim, so this is, this is a, 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 a base, yeah? Vizhnit is here. But, but uh, yeah, there's not only Hasidic, there's also literature, and I, I think the Nazarbek is also the Gloria, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, the Saba. Um, again, from other hand, there were Tzadikim that were against it. Uh, the the Satma was famous for his children, that he holds, he passes like the Zoya. Okay. I, more or less, I would say that uh, his his uh, his war against the Zionist movement is under this Tzadikim. But there were other Tzadikim, the Belzerov, was against and the square the square was against the Yankees. All kinds of days and shit. But the interesting uh, interesting story of Chaim Kanievsky, uh, one of his close people uh, told told over that it was one of his Tamidans uh, man and he told him once a story that a hundred years ago perhaps a woman came to America. That's a hundred years ago from 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 twenty years ago, so so it's uh, after the first war or before the first war, uh, a woman came to America and she she got sick and she, they put her into a Goyish hospital. She was a, la- a girl, a girl, not a woman, a girl. And she was there for a few years and, and she got into a coma and then, and then she died. Now, because the hospital wasn't, wasn't a Goyish, it was a Christian hospital, so they buried her in their Christian cemetery. Now, years later, the uh, man heard of him and I was very bothered him and he... After a lot of Stadlonis, he was able to take her out and remove her to soil. And they found her, not only that, some saw her hole, not, not the body was mamished in Gansom hole. So he told the story to Abkhaim Kineski, a very interesting story. It's time a girl, no one knows who she is, a Yiddish girl. So Abkhaim says, I have a pshat. says, so it's like this. A hundred years ago in America, no one was jealous on her. Yeah, there was no film Eden, and no one looked at her, and no one jealous of her. And her. Even when she was in the hospital, the guy also wasn't jealous. <laughs> and when she went into a coma, for sure no one, no one was jealous on her. So 
It comes, it comes out that all her life she was, she was, uh, she didn't have no jealous on no one. So in this ocean, even the flesh becomes, it doesn't, doesn't get uh, suffered. Oh, yeah, nice story. So, so what did the Gedalim, very interesting story. What did the Gedalim and Paiskim hold about moving bodies from Eretz Yisrael, from, from Poland or from Europe or, or from Kutzlar to, to Eretz Yisrael? Now that you have 747s, it's easy. It's not like, like you say, before the war, you never heard of such a thing. But now, what are the what are the and Gedalim hold of it? So, but only if it's if it a problem, if, 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 if then you get built there, or the Chashash, like Goyim, or Ganecheta, that's in Europe today, the, no one, no one could... No one could uh, take uh, could take a high that, uh, that tomorrow the Nazi and demolish the... the, the it's like close, yeah. From one day to another, they could, they could just uh, take away the basic like, world. They could build a building. So, so, then, so, then, so then, why don't we bring up the Shach, the Taz, or the Kivega, the Tzayis, and the Sea? We know we're all there buried. Why don't we bring them up? Today, there's a very all kinds of organizations that they that uh, that's the that's the business, and they 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 keep an eye, they keep an eye, and wherever there's a problem, they. They do whatever they can, and if they can't, if they see that they they did they did whatever they could, and there's no way how to how to keep eye on it. So the doctor they they move they they move a whole time. I mean the the, the women are going to move there, not not from just from place to place. So twenty years ago, there was a whole tumult in in Prashbog. They wanted to build a new road, a highway, and the basic cause, and the whole Yiddish world was 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 going crazy. Then they came up with a pshara. But uh, there's problems all the time. If there's going to be a problem with the shach, uh, so uh, of course uh, I have no doubt about it that the Abunim are going to say this. You don't have to bring it; you just have to change. Change I want to mention a, a very interesting story that that I'm I'm sure that no one knows about it because it was published only now. It's the famous uh, Saudi. Chacham Abidal Kharizi. He wrote a lot. It was very, very famous in the 13th century. So he writes. I'm sorry. What did you say his name was? Abidal Al Kharizi. Okay. Very famous Sephardic figure. Ten years ago, they gave out a manuscript of his. He was in Castilla, I think, in the 11th century. Okay. A very interesting manuscript of his. All kinds of zechoyness, but he heard from all kinds of people. He heard from someone. That hurt from someone. I mean, he's the third Kli. It was a famous, not famous, it was, it was a Goin, it was a Yeshiva of Goin in Nazareth. That's also not known by our Oilam. Just like there was a Yeshiva of Goin in, in, in Bogel, there was a Yeshiva of Goin in Nazareth until the 11th century. But this Yeshiva was in, in, in Bogel, it was in a few places, in Surah Pabadisan and Baghdad, but didn't float around in Nazareth because of the wars going down back and forth and earthquakes. Yeah, so, and then there was the Romans and the Byzantines and then there was the, the, the Islam and then the Crusaders. So they, they, they went around, they had to go in dollars. And they ended up in full the season in Lebanon and then Damascus. That's the last yeshiva. So one of the last going in, the last of yeshivas, his name was Abavon ben Zoya, I think. Ben Israel ben Zoya. Okay, why is he called ben Zoya? His name was Abavon. So he passed away. And they buried him in, the, in Damascus, in Damascus. Eighty, uh, sixty years later, after he died, uh, his family decided to, to bring him over to Tzitzit. Abidal Harizi heard from his grandson that was there. Ah, so he's not a cliche. He's a cliche. Now he was there when they, when they moved him. When they moved him. 
And he writes like this. I'm, I'm, saying, I'm saying over his Nusa. Not only he was, he was whole and he was shining, nothing means His face was shining with a, with a shine. That's what he heard from his grandson that was there, now. Now we, we know we know that we have today Beisharim, the famous city Beisharim, full of of uh, of Quran that were brought from all over, from Damascus, from from Baghdad, from Syria. So it's written down on the Quran. And in these years, in the ninth century, there's a famous uh, Islamic writer and sheikh. His, his name was Al Jahed, and he. He's, he, he, he lived here and in Damascus, and he writes that the Jews bring over the Rosh Hashanah, that means Rosh Hashivas and the Rosh Hashanah, and the Kohanim. I don't know what he means, Kohanim, and he brings, uh, they bring them over to the society. Okay. It doesn't have to be that he means that he brought them after, after they were buried, because we don't very very here, but he mentions also the word of such Goyim that was buried, and after a year, they brought them over here. So I don't understand what does it mean after a year. What does this year mean? It could be that after a year, there's no, uh, there's no din. There's no Emes Adin. Emes Adin is only the base Chodesh. That's my shot on this, on this meaning that this famous Arab is made on the meaning then and necessary. Tell us Briefly, one interesting thing that you wrote about the Titanic that you could share. Okay, so if we're talking about Quarren, <laughs> so um, I did a major research, major research on the the the, the Jews that were drowned in Titanic. How many how many how many were found and how many were buried? So I found a few graves in New York and England. I have brought pictures of the graves. One of the major, I have a whole paragraph. Because then, when they when they came to save the people that were drowning, so they called out that lady first. Now the Chayyim the mission Chayyim that you have to say is if 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 there are two people that are in danger, so there's only So the Chayyim, this this wasn't Oziyal So I came up with a with a Chiddush, a major Chiddush. I was afraid even to write it, to write this Chiddush. But uh, I thought it has common sense that the Ishkod and the Isha is when both are on the same problem, on the on the same on the same matter. Over here, we could we could. Uh, I'm sure that the women were more men are more uh, actable to to save themselves than women in such a in such a material. They could jump on a on a on a cliff, on a piece of wood, and, and so on. They could, they could use their, their, their bodies better to save themselves. Maybe today the women are, <laughs> are more exercised. But then, uh, I'm sure the, the women were more weak than the, the men. So, I came up with such a finish that it could be that in such a, in such a matter, the, the women are, are having ding ding. Well, you have, you have other cases like that. And Marshall, the Gemara says that Ishkaidim we should be all these things, but the Gemara says when it comes to Pidyan Shuyim, but Pidyan Shuyim, so then Ishkaidim, because she's dark and she's biased with Cholo Vacholo. Yes, you see how many times you have such halachas where you look at the exact situation. So, a few years later, came out to the Chidushim of of uh, of I think it was in Harriet, and he said the same the same halach. And 
I was very happy that I was Mechavim Lidvov. Okay. Rabbi Chiel, thank you very much for your time. Most fascinating. Yeah, you're welcome. Okay, Kultov. Take care. Bye-bye. The winner of uh, last week's riddles, uh, and we'll, they'll get the tzitzis, is David Semmel, Shmuel Wurzberger, and Yisrael Ginud. We'll post their answers online.